Last Word with Matt Cooper. Today FM. It all happens here. We're joined by Marion Finnegan, Managing Director of Residential at Sherry Fitzgerald, the estate agents. Marion, on yesterday's programme, on a couple of occasions, this figure that you published yesterday, predicting a potential loss of 15,000 tenancies from the private rental sector in 2023 came up. Can you explain, Mm -hmm. please, how you've come to that conclusion? Absolutely. For well over a decade now, we've been looking at the volume of investors purchasing in the market as in private single owner investors. So somebody in America would be called a mom and pop style investors versus the proportion of our vendors, which were landlords leaving the marketplace. And we sell about 15% of the houses in Ireland consistently. So we extrapolate our analysis and bring it to the gross figures for the market overall. So when we look back over the last 10 years, we can see 155,000 transactions for which an investor was leaving the marketplace and about 75,000 transactions, which a landlord was purchasing, which shows a loss of about 80,000. Now, the figures for the first quarter, which we've just run in the last couple of days, shows that about 13% of our purchasers were investors and about 36% of our vendors, almost three times the proportion, were investors leaving the marketplace or landlords selling up. So extrapolating that out and bringing it to our estimated total for the year, gives us the figure of 15,000. Who's buying that stock? Is it larger investors or is it people who are buying for somewhere for themselves to live? The vast majority of the purchases, about 80% of them, are owner-occupiers. And the reason for that is that if it is an investment product that's been sold, typically, not 100% of the time, but typically it's uh, under-rented because it's in a rental cap zone. So if a new investor was to buy that property, they would have to take the property on with the rent, which was probably set several years ago and has been rising by 2 or 4% a year. And as such, it's probably a below the market rate rent. So it's not attractive to a new investor. So the vast majority of those homes are bought by owner-occupiers. Some could be bought by approved housing bodies or local authorities, but in the main, it's owner-occupiers. When somebody buys those property to be an owner-occupier, are they moving out of the rented accommodation sector, freeing up space there? Some of them could be, but many of them are typically moving out of perhaps their parents' home or shared accommodation where they're not paying rent. And the reason for that is that the cost of rent in Ireland is actually typically higher than the cost of paying a mortgage these days. And therefore, if they're saving for a deposit, it's hard to pay a rent and save for a deposit. Now, there will be some who are leaving rental accommodation, but a lot of them will not be in rental accommodation. Even if you have rent caps, keeping the Mm. increases in rent every year to 2% or 4%, depending on the year, depending on the Mm. location of the apartment or house, is there not still such a high income coming in from renting out property that it's a valuable asset for a landlord to have? Well, I think when you need to look at, first of all, what the rent was at the starting point where rent caps came in, and they came in very swiftly, as you can remember, and a lot of landlords at the time would have had tenants in place for several years and not moved the rent. Because remember, we were going through a very challenging economic period, so you were very happy to have your tenant in place. Because of the very high tax, which is 52% typically for uh, landlords, a landlord's return on investment or their yield for a residential investment property is around 2%. So if you think about that, and then you think about a property that is 
um, achieving well below the market rent, which, as we all know, is excessively high, then the return investment is very challenging. And for that reason, it's not going to be attractive to a new landlord. And for that reason, it's landlords are leaving the marketplace themselves. How does being a landlord differ to running more conventional businesses when it comes to the taxation of profits and revenues? So the taxation for a private individual landlord is based on the rental income. And the allowances are, there are some allowances that can be offset against that, but they're fairly minimal. So typically, landlords are paying um, 52% private uh, um, tax on the rental income. It's treated as your normal income structure. The tax structures for larger institutional investors, which are a very valuable part of the market and serve a completely different function in the main, is much, much lower. It's a nominal level of tax. They're also treated as a business. So we're quite unique in Ireland in that we treat private landlords very much as private individuals earning money that they must pay income tax on. Whereas in many other countries, private investors are treated as business people. So the level of tax applicable to them because they're providing a service to the state is much lower. And we've just, we have a different approach in Ireland, which... Sorry, can I just clarify that? We're, we're taxing revenue rather than profit. We're taxing revenue. Yes, exactly. We're taxing rental income as revenue. Okay, but are there not various uh, clawbacks that people can make? Are there not expenses that they can write off against that revenue to actually reduce their tax bill? There is some. You can definitely get some um, uh, clawbacks that you can take some mortgage interest relief. Some investment in the property can be reduced. But in the main, um, people are still on average paying 52% tax on their rental income. Um, and that is uh, proving to be unattractive. And then, the, in other words, a, when the clawbacks are not sufficient. Yeah. When a property is sold, what tax mm-hmm. has to be paid on the property? Capital gains tax. And is that simply on the profit that is made between the price at which the, pro- the property was purchased and what it's now and sold at? Exactly. That's correct, yeah. Okay. Many of the people who are selling now, are they selling finally at a price which is higher than they might have paid for the property or more um, correctly, the money that they still owe on the property before they have to repay the mortgage, balance of a mortgage? I think in the main, they probably are at this point. Now, not all properties have achieved what people would have paid for them at the absolute height. So if you bought at the real pinnacle of the marketplace and it depends on what you bought and what you paid, you may not be getting the same return. But for most people, they probably have an additional tax that they have to pay on the differential between the value they paid and the value they're getting today. Okay. At the moment, are there individuals becoming landlords? Yes, 13% of the purchasers that we have seen so far this year are individuals buying. Some of them are buying through a pension fund. Some of them are buying for their children going to college. Um, But uh, they're buying. 13% is is much lower than we would have seen, perhaps, um, if you go back 15 years ago before the crash. And are they buying secondhand property rather than new property? Yes, they are. I mean, there's a tiny, tiny percentage that we can see maybe 2% of new homes that are bought by investors. But in the main, they're buying second-hand homes. And that's probably a function of the low volume of new homes being built and uh, perhaps the location of the second-hand homes. And do you think that people are being dissuaded from becoming landlords at a time when they many of them are criticised and vilified, but others say that they're actually needed to maintain a properly functioning system? 
I think that's exactly what's happening. So I think when you look at most developed property markets across the world, across Europe, across the world generally, we have a combination of owner-occupiers, private landlords, and a large institutional investors, and they all make up a component of the marketplace. I think what happened after the crash is that there was a theory developed that we needed to professionalize, which we did, our investor sector, but that that could replace private landlords. And it doesn't. When you've got a population as sparsely spread out as we do in Ireland, the institutional investors serve a purpose and they've served, a. I mean, they equally have been vilified. They've served a fantastic role in that they have underpinned development, particularly in the apartment market, largely over the last five or six years, which has, has allowed us to build properties which we wouldn't otherwise have been able to do because they forward funded those. But they will, in the main, look at large population centres. But we have a population spread over 26 counties and there's only three or four of them of those counties that are reasonably densely populated. So you're not going to find, mostly you're not going to find institutional investors going to Sligo or Mayo or arguably even Galway. So what we need is a nationwide solution to a rental accommodation crisis. The population of Ireland, as we all know, has been growing rapidly, particularly over the last two inter-census periods. But the first thing people do when they come to live in Ireland or they move out of their parents' house is rent. So every year we talk about needing over 50,000 new homes. We need probably eight to 10,000 rental stock to be added to the market every year. But instead of adding it to the market, We've been subtracting it from the market by allowing the private landlords to leave and not be replaced by another source of investment. And that's why we're at this real emergency point now, which has fueled the massive increase in homelessness and the crisis that everyone is talking about, which is there's no accommodation available for people trying to maybe start their careers, move around the country, um, you know, look for new places to live. It's really at an incredible pinch point at this moment, which is why the world is looking at it now, or at least all of all of us in Ireland are looking at it now. Thank you very much for being with us, Marion Finnegan from Sherry Fitzgerald. The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from 4.30. Today FM.